0: Welcome back to another episode of Modern Life, everybody. Today we're talking about the 1986 John Carpenter movie, Big Trouble in Little China. Let's do it. Just listen to the old Pork Chop Express and take his advice on a dark and stormy night. All right. When some wild-eyed eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks at crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. As we are most of the time, I am joined by Tabby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also stacy what's up guys hi <laughs> um and obviously before we dive into it let's do some modern thoughts what is on your mind i want to go last okay, mine's kind of no, long
1: I, okay that's why i can go first um i just discovered ivan day he's considered the world's leading expert on british food history hmm um he has a kitchen that seems, looks-
0: seems like an appropriate name Ivan day. Ivan day, it's like, hmm. I'm food historian. I'm British food historian, Ivan day. day. There's no other name you could have. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, but his kitchen looks like it's out of a period drama, oh, and it God. has actually been uh It's used... a wood-fired stove? Uh, it's open hearth, <laughs> yeah. And it has been used as a set on movies, and he also produces period-appropriate food for museums and TV and movies. And he has such a large collection of old utensils and pots and things you would have used um back in the day and he's mm-hmm. been doing that work for 40 years so he's always on the lookout to try and find new things he has lectures on youtube and i just watched one of the um he was like at a convention or something mm-hmm. i just wrote down some fun facts that i learned through it the open hearth cooking has actually made us use the word roast in kind of a wrong way because okay. when we're doing a roast nowadays it's actually a bake because nobody's right. roasting anything sure. anymore really it we're just baking so what is things. a roast
0: when it's open flame
1: when it's open flame okay. and
0: what if i have a gas stove <laughs> <laughs> no it's a serious question
1: <laughs> what do you what do you mean well isn't it's the an gas stove
0: flame. sort of an open flame
1: you're roasting a, a thing on your on your gas stove on the fire
0: I mean, what do you, oh, what do you, so what, what exactly is a roast?
1: Okay, so, well, I'm trying, I'm trying oh, I'm to, sorry. no, no, you're all good, so you actually can't even have the meat exactly over the, over the fire, it right. has to be a little bit off, and there's somebody turning it, Oh. You know. I like how got the pigs you. are roasted, you exactly. know, like in
0: Hawaii, got it
1: um and the reason why (laughs) the brits have such a rich history with this is because they had a lot of firewood available as opposed to Mm. other places in europe so they could make these big rows and build these huge fires and they were just burning wood whereas you have to cut things up and cook them for a shorter amount if you don't have as much firewood and this is why also the french historically have called the brits uh roast beefs you know roast beefs beefs. um because that's what they're known for and then also the talk i watched was mainly about uh desserts and sugar sculpture hmm. and this was huge back in the day they built these giant insane things that we don't even
0: out of sugar
1: out of sugar like out an of, ice sculpture even out of ice cream and this is like in the what? 1400s Wait, how do they
0: keep it cold
1: they would get ice and put it in and keep the ice cream in molds and then leave it in the ice what and yeah it's it's crazy stuff but But, then uh,
0: once the sculpture is done wouldn't it just melt immediately well yeah
1: people gotta gotta eat it pretty fast (laughs) yeah okay uh yeah it's simply amazing what people did back in the day and that we just don't even really do anymore because of industrialization right and um yeah why
0: don't we do ice come on dairy queen dairy queen ice cream sculptures (laughs) get on it we can do it
1: so People were really sensitive to smells, and you'll hear this from chefs nowadays, like they'll get really mad if they have to eat next to someone who's wearing an entire bottle of cologne, yeah, and people felt that way with flour, so you would never put live mm. flowers on a table, they would all be made out of sugar, and people didn't start doing wow. this until the um eighteen hundreds where they had real flowers on the table and I tried to look up the reason which I couldn't find my best guess is that. In the Victorian age, gardening became the hot new thing to do for high society ladies. And that's why flowers <laughs> kind of entered the home. That's
0: That garden's so hot right now.
1: Go, <laughs> at least that's my take on it. And then really the last vestiges of these grand cakes is the wedding cake. That's the mm-hmm, only cake right. that we still build up. and And it's not even half as crazy as the things that they used to do. But... Um, and then also another thing I found out that a lot of the pigments they used to build these things were actually not edible at the time. So you couldn't, it would poison you to eat a lot of these sugar things and marge oh, sculptures. Oh, interesting. It was just yeah. for looks? Yeah. So it's huh. it's just for looks. So yeah, he's always trying to find out more things and paintings and documents about um, That's crazy. that kind of stuff. But yeah. I learned a lot. So I thought that was really interesting. That's it.
0: Well, wow. Look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stacy, got oh, yeah, anything? yeah, it's
2: my turn. Huh. Mine is really short. I just want to comment on the fact that I felt like we were going through. been really bothering me lately. Every time I watch an action movie that comes out with a female lead, and we used we started to have this like point where the female leads who were actor uh, like like super strong, they would like be physically strong, and you could see muscle on their body, and it was like these older like um, what's her name? She she uh she was just on the Wing Show. The wings. Charlie's Theron. Thank you. Uh, tra- sorry, um, did not sleep a lot last the night. The wings. <laughs> oh my god. She's like super that- strong physically. She like has muscles. It's like impressive. And now like they're t- they're doing all these new superheroes, and they bring out these n- these other actresses, and they're like literally look like you break their arm like by touching it because they're so small. And it's just frustrating to me because I felt like for a moment, like we were starting to show different body types in Hollywood. And now it's like, again, we're going back to these stick thin like girls who like really don't look like they do anything but cardio and never lifted a weight in their entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to me. And then I read an article about the exact opposite where they were talking about how um, women who have, like, a little bit more weight on them are never viewed in a sexual role. Um, They're always viewed as um the wife or, you know, but never, like, sexually, like, allowed to talk or anything like that. And that's something a lot of, like, actresses are fighting against mm-hmm. right now. It's just interesting. And Netflix right now is actually impressed me because they um are starting to cast women that are age-efficient, like, wives. So, like, Brad Pitt, um, a couple years ago, did the movie... What was it called? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm like half asleep. (laughs) What is going on? I don't know. I forgot the name. We have um, notepads around the house. I know, but I wasn't going to bring that up. I was just going to do...
0: This was a few years ago. He played that army general for that Netflix movie. Yeah.
2: Anyway, his wife was um, Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall? Or Kim something anyway she was the same age as him i just like that netflix mm-hmm. is kind of st- t- doing the opposite they're kind of um they're challenging some of the things that are not being challenged in hollywood right now so well, go for them
1: i mean i think i think what you're kind of alluding to is the new luc Besson movie yes. and that movie is bombing so we're are we are doing better because that <laughs> not only is that dude like the harvey weinstein of france like french he's, harvey weinstein yeah he's stuck in the 90s and he keeps making the movies that worked for him like in the 2000s or whatever it's the fact that it's not working anymore actually makes me feel really good about
2: where we're at yeah but even the superheroes that are coming out are still like like brie larson she looks she doesn't look like i mean i know she actually from what i could see i heard saw she like did like a deadlift of like 200 and something pounds so like maybe she is working out but i'm just talking about definition it doesn't look like she has any and i don't know if they're trying to purposely not have definition in in the arms because i know that can be not construed as a feminine yeah Uh, a feminine trait right the
1: suits that these people wear are gonna be completely yeah Yeah. so i
2: don't know i just to me it's just like i'm even looking at like we started watching that new show on um the boys the boys that's on even the females in that like are very thin um they Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of muscle tone it just frustrates me Mm -hmm. it's just like i would like to see a strong female lead as a younger actress and I feel like the older actresses are showing that because they're trying to stay in shape so they're they are muscular, they are toned. Um but the young these new up and coming actresses mm-hmm. are so scared to break that that role right, because they won't get work. Yeah, because yeah. they won't get work and it's just like I I would like to see more challenge on that. Yeah. That's all.
1: There is actually an article that just came out with an interview with the woman who plays Madeline Stillwell in The Boys and just the significance of her having Sexual agency while she's also playing somebody who's 50 years old and she's a single mom, and so that character actually mm. I think is pretty awesome. She's oh,
0: yeah, also so I will,
2: I will, I like her yeah. in that movie. She's
0: also the devil,
2: yeah, she's yeah, evil. she's great.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, my modern thoughts it's just gonna be slightly long, so so at the bar I work at, we mm. had this mm-hmm. right. Probably our best customer and just all-around great guy. His name mm-hmm. was John Ferreter.
1: I didn't know you were going to talk about this. That's well, good. because I just yeah. I just
0: saw this op-ed and I thought, I just want to read a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. So John Ferreter was this mega manager in Hollywood and he would come into our bar all the time. It was just a great guy. And one of his biggest clients was Piers Morgan. Um, love him or hate him. Um, that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. Piers, Piers Morgan, a couple of days, wrote this really nice op-ed about him in the Hollywood Reporter because they were well he was um so John Farreter was his manager for the longest time and they were also just really close friends yeah so I want to read a little bit from Mm -hmm. that because I thought it was actually really nice and it'll just kind of tell you a little bit about who John was and yeah again written by Piers Morgan here 10 years ago John Farreter's heart stopped beating for three minutes He'd gone into Cedar sinai Hospital for treatment to a blood clot in his leg, suffered a serious staph infection, and then flatlined. In fact, for those three minutes, he was technically dead, but John was never one for technicalities getting in the way of a good result. Somehow aided by the brilliance of Cedars' medical staff, his heart began beating again and John sprang back to life. I fought death and I won, he'd later say, delightedly. The experience gave him a new perspective on life and his fragility. Live every day as if it's your last, John used to chuckle, because one day you'll be right. He developed sudden pancreatitis, was admitted back to Cedars, and suffered a massive toxic shock from which he never recovered. For the man who regularly spoke of being the luckiest man alive, luck finally ran out. I was John's client and close friend for 12 years. We bonded during the extraordinary aftermath of that health crisis in 2009. In such moments, as he was to often recall, you really do find out who your friends are. When I came out of the hospital, I learned that most of my clients had left me, he said. I'd ceased to be of use to them. It also kind of makes fun of that when he was the head of non-scripted television, um, so he's partly responsible for the Kardashians being on TV, (laughs) which he later would come to regret. (laughs) Yeah, so, so Dancing with the Stars tried to get... Piers morgan on there i guess at one point and john further forwarded the email to Piers morgan of dancing in the stars trying to get him on john forwarded to me with a note saying if i ever recommend that you do dancing with the stars please get a handgun and shoot me twice once in the heart and once in the head to make sure that i never do career harm again america will forgive you America, he feared, might be less forgiving of his involvement as a packaging agent in another cultural phenomenon, keeping up with the Kardashians. I will probably go to hell for that, he confessed. I apologize for this scourge of Western civilization. <laughs> but anyway, it's just a little tribute. We're actually going to his funeral tomorrow, I think. Hmm. Um,
1: Stacy's crying.
0: I know it I'm was very sad.
1: Crying. I don't even know him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, rest in peace and let's get on with the podcast. Mm.
1: Yeah, so we're back with Camp and it's actually really interesting to do this one right after The Shadow because I know. <laughs> I think the problems that we have with the orientalism in The Shadow is I mean it's flipped, right? This yeah. movie's just fantastic. Oh yeah,
0: I guess I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. There so there was God, some
2: controversy what? though cuz they were upset that they had like things shooting out of Asian's eyes, like for some reason that was a big thing and the fact that the director was, was white. Like the Chinese community. Oh. There was a little bit of flip back. (laughs) But uh, the director basically said, I don't care.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, actually, there's a lot of history with this. So the director wanted a white sidekick in an Asian action movie. Yeah. So he wanted mm. to he wanted to flip it around where you always get the Asian sidekick and now he wanted just a total it, idiot. The director
0: by the way is John Carpenter who yes. did yes. the yes. thing and mm-hmm. many other famous things.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and this is actually his last movie before he like steps away from Hollywood because he was so pissed about how the production company kept like getting involved mm-hmm. oh, I'm sure, with every decision. So anyways,
0: he, so he wanted Asian lead white sidekick.
2: Right.
1: And the the studio like Stacy was saying they we're not with that and that's also why they didn't market the movie right because they're like well we're not market
2: it at all at all
1: (laughs) because they're like well we don't want like a chinese movie yeah because it's the 80s and people (laughs) are dicks so (laughs) (laughs) and then they also changed the, the beginning they forced um the director to open with that scene with the lawyer
0: i always thought that was a weird opening it
1: was
2: a weird opening it doesn't work in the movie it's one of the least like it, it never one comes of the, back no it never comes back around mm-hmm. it's just this, and then it just doesn't fit nope. makes you
0: glad Heck. you brought this up because i was going to bring this up and i was afraid i was like i was going to be like well why is that in the movie and then i was afraid you were going to be you know well it's in the movie because like i was going to look like an idiot
2: no, no okay. it's, not okay. it's actually not supposed to be in the movie, movie. Okay. the studio like added it in later because they wanted kurt russell to look more uh heroic
1: they just want an Asian man to be like, he's a hero, leave him alone, he's a yeah. hero. Because they wanted to drive that point home of Kurt Russell is the star and the hero in this movie, which he's not, no. even though he's on all the posters. <laughs> yeah. It's Wang who's the hero yeah. in the movie. But then, and the other reason why that scene is completely pointless is because the rest of the movie shows you that he's an idiot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like one scene in the whole movie where he like actually does something and it's when he throws like he catches the knife and throws it and it's like it's on the wrist.
0: It's all in the reflexes. It's all in the reflexes. I screwed that
2: up. My bad. And in the
0: audio... Is that the only thing he actually does? That is the only thing he actually does. Oh, (laughs) God. I didn't even, like, dawn on me.
2: (laughs) Everything else he messes up. Every fight scene, he ends up getting knocked out. right. Or he ends up, like, not being able to to load his gun. tries to lead them out of the
0: building. And then he's trapped. Oh, my God, you're right.
2: Yeah, everything. So in the audio commentary, which
1: is Kurt Russell and the director, and I wish I could have been able to listen to this uh so john carpenter says that he's supposed to be the burly idiot klutz Mm -hmm. it's like the time when the like american forest and like john wayne kind of thing like doesn't work right and he's supposed to be like the klutzy sidekick to wang and then kurt russell apparently said uh yeah he's useless <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's supposed to be the comic relief character which he is yeah like, and oh, I and think it does that's it brilliantly the part of this performance is so yeah it's amazing well he
2: wasn't even supposed to be cast originally it was supposed to be like clint eastwood which would have completely like jacked the entire scene up clint eastwood can't do comedy yeah i know well that's yeah, I don't yeah. think that the studio agreed with how Carpenter saw the movie. Really? It was Clint Eastwood? Okay. Am I wrong? Because they
1: wanted Kurt Russell for sure,
2: but no, the studio
1: the- like, fought it. Yeah. So when everyone else turned it down, finally they were like, can we have Kurt Russell now? We just want Kurt Russell.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It, was, it was Carpenter. He wanted Kurt Russell no matter yeah. what. And, then-
1: and uh, luckily it worked out. And that character, he's all bravado. And I realized watching it this time and doing the research beforehand that the truck going through the Chinatown alleys is mm-hmm. a symbol of that character. Because it's just, right. it's way too big, right? He's yeah. going around these alleys <laughs> and driving. He's just like bashing through. And then also, part of why he's the side character is because he's not the one getting the girl at the end. Wang gets the girl right. at the end. He just gets his truck back. You know, the truck is like the thing he wants. Well, he doesn't
0: want the girl either, though, at the end. Exactly, he's like, I
1: just
0: yeah. I I'm on the open road, babe. <laughs>
1: Uh, i love it
0: god i I, I don't even know where to start with this movie um
1: well actually just to finish that off really quickly the first time i watched this movie i thought it was so refreshing and part of why i fell in love with it It, i didn't even catch like all the amazing writing and it's Mm -hmm. just like one snappy line after the other but the fact that you see a movie with you know basically an all-asian cast from the 80s and then you have the white guy just like shooting up in the ceiling and the rocks fall on his head i'm like that- i just ha- thought that was so funny and so fresh and that's kind of why i fell in love with this movie
0: what game are they playing when he gets to chinatown it's like some dominoes thing
1: uh, i looked it up and i didn't write it down because i didn't think it was important <laughs>
2: uh tough no i'm just making up sounds but they use like
0: dominoes right it's
2: not dominoes i think it's like an it's like a chinese version Hmm. a chinese version and i've seen it before i can't think of the name yeah it's like chinese dominoes it's chinese dominoes basically that scene
0: is so great because you just immediately get their friendship that's all you need right you know when he comes through town they hang out and they're just i don't know they have this great friendship going like right from the get-go and you know he owes him like a thousand extra bucks, and Kurt, you know Kurt Russell doesn't like. He knows he's gonna get paid. You know they obviously know each other.
1: Yeah, the bromance is great. Yeah, the yeah, bromance that's is fantastic. Great chemistry.
0: And then just him trying to cut the bottle in half—so <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> but it foreshadows his reflexes.
1: <laughs> Can I ask you guys who is he, to whom is he speaking in the Pork Chop Express? But he's like, you're listening to that pork chop yes, experience. Okay.
0: <laughs> so you know he has the radio, right? Yeah. So all these I don't I don't know if these semi trucks still semi trucks still have this. I'm guessing they do. They do. They do, right? Yeah. So they have these radios and whoever the radios have a certain range, right? So I don't probably less than a hundred miles. I honestly don't know how how far those radios can reach out. But basically you, you just put it, you know, all the truck drivers will just put it on the same frequency because these guys are alone on the road all year long. So they'll just, they'll just talk to each other on the radio, huh. like it's to how keep they company, don't go crazy, basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's and just so like you just, you thing. just kind of talk to the truck drivers who are kind of in your radius as you're driving and then, if you need to have like a private conversation, obviously you can change the you know you go on a different frequency. Hmm. But then usually you hmm. keep there's like a main frequency that you know pe- you can stay on, and like it's just people talking to each other.
1: Do they turn it off? They're like, oh, here's this guy talking about his ex wife again. Oh, not this guy.
0: <laughs> like that beginning monologue.
1: That's that's so. <laughs> so bur- it's like one of the greatest pieces
2: of writing. <laughs>
0: should we I read just it i love
2: that they call the pork chop express and it's like a, they carry yeah pigs. and you
0: just got it for the first <laughs> oh, time know, that I he's driving pigs around
2: <laughs> like that's why it's called the pork chop i'm like yes <laughs>
1: I think he had chickens in there too, didn't he? I don't know. I just saw the pigs. Just He's
0: driving fun. livestock, around. right?
1: But they're unloading like the livestock, and it's not in cages or anything. They're oh just, no,
2: that like, was the best part. In. I was like, <laughs> "What is this?" And he just like leaves them to like do it. He's just like, "Oh peace, I'm gonna go play my Chinese well, the, the Dominoes." Truck, I
0: don't know. Do the truck? The,
2: yeah, they do. They yeah, unload, so the truck drivers unload and on they stay with the truck. <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> not in the Pork Chop Express. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, um so the scene at the airport where the punks show up that
2: with the, the oh my god the glasses yeah how's that like guy looking through those glasses. glasses by the way oh those glasses oh, are phenomenal just the they're so outfits. 80s it's, yeah it's one of
1: those things where it's <laughs> like yeah it's trying to be campy and that's the way it works and the costume designer obviously understood that yeah
2: you know yeah it, agreed it's brilliant well i love that the okay so you know that those boots that he Jack Burton wears mm-hmm. in them. You know, those were handmade in a place in Colorado. Um, and he had, it's like a place that he made them go and make it for the movie. That mm-hmm. seems like a his very addition. Russell thing. It was like <laughs> his addition to the thing. Like, this is what he's wearing. And then the saddle that he stores all his stuff in. You guys noticed that that um, was a Saturday. that his own, too? Yeah, that was his yeah. own, too. And it was based off the fact that the movie originally was supposed to be a Western, mm-hmm. and they changed oh, it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was based on an original Western movie, and then the writer came in. Um, what's his name? Do you remember what the writer's name is?
1: Um, I know the director is
2: part of the writing team. I think there's three writers. The original writers are the writing of the original screen, and then he came in and rewrote it. And they got, and then he tried to keep them out of the credits because he thought that the first script was so crappy. Oh. Um, there yeah. was like controversy. They had to like fight to get their names in the in the ed- credits.
0: Yeah, I mean Kurt Russell's a damn cowboy. I would.
1: Yeah, I actually have a few scenes written down where you can see that Western influence mm-hmm. really uh, really come through. mean
0: he's got like the whole John Wayne walk going...
1: Yeah, he's supposed yeah. to
2: be like uh, right. John Wayne parody, and exactly. then, um, which is I did double check. It's Clint Eastwood and um, Jack Nicholson were the two that Jack was supposed Nic- to. That's what I was thinking, but it was thinking. both of them. Got it. Yeah,
0: got it. Jack Nicholson could have maybe worked. He's goofy.
2: He can be, but I don't think he has the. I don't think he can. He like he doesn't like to look ridiculous. as yeah, ridiculous. That's true. I think that was what Kurt Russell brought to the thing. <laughs> is like you know, like the scene where he's the kissing lipstick? her. You yeah. know that was an accident. Oh that was not planned. Oh, that really? actually just happened, and they went with it. That's and amazing. It was one of the most brilliant scenes in the oh, movie
1: the lipstick on the teeth like, uh, it, was
2: it's just, it was just it, it was not supposed to and when i read that it wasn't supposed to be in there it just made me like that scene so much more <laughs> but that's kind of carpenter's style is to like he doesn't believe in like having every like storyboards he, like, he wants there to be some improvision mm-hmm. um improvising i think that works so well in this movie because i think that the chemistry between all the actors just is what makes the movie so brilliant
0: well, it's funny. So the movie bombed at the box office. It had, like, a $20 million budget and made, like, $10 million basically. But it's become, like, this mm-hmm. cult phenomenon.
2: Well, it didn't make any money in the theater because they didn't promote it at all. They, like, did no advertising on it. They didn't... Right. They nothing. So it, it bombed. And it's funny because, actually, in one of the interviews... With Carpenter, like and Russell were talking, I think in the one you were talking about, mm. they actually like mentioned that. Do you think the the interview asked like, do you think they got their money back with all the cult following? Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's like, I don't know, I've never seen the checks. I guess yeah. it didn't. It doesn't make anything off of it.
0: I mean, Hollywood's notoriously like mess with their books oh, yeah. to not give you back end when you deserve it. Um, yeah, yeah, they've absolutely had to make their money back. It's like a cult movie at this point. Man. I've watched this movie so many times, like, I constantly quote it. Or
2: you can quote every line in the movie, Every it's line, because
1: I, I was like, should I write down some of these? No. And then I was like, but then mm-hmm. I'd have to write down literally all. I, I started, <laughs>
0: ma- when I was making notes during the movie, I'm like writing down quotes, and then I was like, I, I can't.
1: It's just all I'll just old. I'll look them up
0: later, because there's a million websites that have like, <laughs> yeah. the 20 best quotes from Big Trouble Little China.
1: For this movie to just be, have like, hit after hit after hit of like, iconic yeah. lines, it's just
0: like i'm just a poor chinese boy jack (laughs) like that's i don't know why that's so it's so funny (laughs) like yes sir the check's in the mail you know (laughs) or what's oh oh, my god when he when he goes to the brothel and she goes that's my i think that's my favorite line when she goes (laughs)
1: cash
0: cash or charge And he goes, oh, well, it's not tax deductible, is it? <laughs> you have to do the laugh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like
0: cash, I guess. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so great, oh, man! Just that idea, <laughs> Just, yeah. The tax deductible brothel—it's genius. So um,
1: I have some notes written down about the green eyes, which mm-hmm. those were contacts from both act- actresses, mm-hmm. uh, which, I, which I don't mind. But their eyes being like jade is actually really important because jade is very closely associated with Chinese um, culture. A lot of their sculptures are made out of jade, mm-hmm. um, and it's also a symbol for immortality. And that's what uh, Lo Pan is trying to get. Right? right, he's trying to be immortal, and that's why he has to be with this green-eyed Indeed. lady.
0: <laughs> Alright, let's keep quoting the movie. <laughs>
1: um, and then something. You guys already know, but just I thought was interesting is jade can refer to both jadeite and nephrite, nephrite Mm. having more colors. Um, Back in the day, there actually aren't that many jadeite uh, mines in China. So most Mm -hmm. of it is nephrite. And when they found one, they would just be like, oh, this is better jade because it's harder. They didn't realize um, back in the day that it was it was two different Mm -hmm. types of stones. And that's why both of those are still uh, considered jade today. Hmm,
0: Interesting. But yeah. I'm going to talk that giant fight scene in the alley, you know, when he's trying I to collect his money. I have comments I just love the fact that there's all these gangs in Little Chinatown.
1: It's just those two gangs. It's just two gangs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it? The well, red the f-
1: ones and the yellow yeah, ones. Yeah. The-
2: I thought was, there's not a third one? No, I thought there was two. a third
1: one, too, but uh,
2: re-watching it, yeah, there's hmm, none. Okay. No, and they actually... Um, they made that scene completely... They made the studio made them make that scene completely different than it was originally envisioned. Supposed
0: to be more violent?
2: No, you were supposed to see it through um, Jack Burton's eyes, where you didn't mm-hmm. really know who was on which team, and it just looked like a bunch of people fighting, but then the studio wanted it to be more separate so you could clearly define, which is why they went back and added in more, like... Um,
0: I think that might not be a bad idea. because um, It's, it's our, like the first... I remember first time watching it, and you're like, wait, happening? there's these guys in the white, and yeah. these guys and the guys in the black... And then you realize the guys in the gold are with the guys in the white. Yeah, it's like, it is a little confusing. So,
2: I don't know. I it would have been interesting to see it from both perspectives. Do you also know that Bruce Lee was part of that scene? What? I what? mean, not Bruce Lee, not Bruce Lee, Bruce the other Lee? one. Uh, Oh shoot! The other one, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, the two Chinese guys in <laughs> no, Hollywood. No, nah, I don't mean it like that. But like no, the back two... in the day, they oh, okay. were the two only guys. So yeah, Jackie Chan was in the scene. He was supposed to be originally. He was. They were interested in having him for the original lead for Wong. For Wong. I heard that, anyway. oh, but that they, been, that but they, great. he didn't. His English wasn't good enough, so mm. they, they put him in but he did get to go into that huge fighting oh, scene, that's which is insane. So he was in the scene? Yeah, he was in that scene. What? Yeah, I found that out afterwards. Just after in the background, it. or what? He was one of the fighters. <laughs> what?
0: But it never, it zooms in on all these random
2: people's faces. It doesn't zoom in on him, <laughs> He wasn't big then.
1: <laughs> that's actually also one of the things that are very Western-inspired, because one of the fighters has like a cross gun belt over his chest. Yeah, the bullets, yeah. And I
2: thought that was... Yeah. I like how they mix the two. It, it's quite brilliant. Mm.
1: Um, that's actually also why the uh, fiancé doesn't have any lines, and the only time she does have lines is off-screen as somebody else sing it, because she didn't speak any English. Oh, really? And that's why that character is pretty just quiet and being kidnapped and taken around everywhere. Huh. Which still got to be in the movie. Like, they could have cast, like, some white girl and put eyeliner on her, but... Yeah, they know, did. They didn't still went it. with those yeah. <laughs> Which I think is great. Yeah.
2: Especially <laughs> in the 80s, since it was so not...
1: What else did you have about that fight scene? Because I have some...
0: Um, I don't n- nothing too deep. I just love. I want to know what these sticks are everyone has in Little Chinatown that like you whip the stick and it expands. <laughs> you know yeah, I don't about? know what are those. <laughs> Which, I also love like the- at, at the airport when the guy whips oh, and goes, yeah. "Where'd you get
1: that?" <laughs> I also love the massage claws that like one of the storms has that he's holding. He's Man, when the when Oh
0: this, yeah,
2: those were when this, I was like what are those? When the those?
0: three storms come down as like one of my favorite things. So good.
2: <laughs> oh, just their outfits alone. Like it, th- I like that they make their hats like these asian inspired like, like but you think of them kind of western like the, in style oh, too. The camera oh, like Yeah. I mm-hmm. love
0: when the camera goes underneath and shows their face and the guy's like <sighs>
2: Oh, yeah,
1: I think that's Rain, right? He's he's my favorite. Yeah, he's like line. out of his
0: mind. Yeah. And then, yeah, the little claws start spinning. <laughs> um, oh, it's fantastic.
1: I actually really like how the light filters through the straw hats mm-hmm. um, mm. onto their faces. I thought they did that uh, really well. And then, also, the first guy that we see in that scene, he has the long hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got a cleaver, uh-huh. which is yeah. called um, a toe cleaver. Okay. And I have a lot to say about it. And it's one of the reasons why I like this movie, because it takes things that are authentic to Chinese culture and incorporates them instead of just making stuff up. Mm -hmm. And the toe cleaver that you always see in Chinese cooking, it's very different from something like French cooking, which uses many different tools Mm -hmm. to achieve like all these different cuts of vegetables. But with this cleaver, you can do everything. You can cut things really thin, you can chop them broad, you can carve meat, and it's also... A very democratic tool because it's not like, oh, I can't afford all these fancy pants French things. Everybody's Mm going to have this cleaver in their house. And it just depends on your personal skill and what you can do with it.
0: Yeah. Every movie with an old Chinese lady is always like in the back of the kitchen with a giant cleaver, right? Like chopping it up.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was a cool little detail that you maybe wouldn't notice unless you were familiar with Uh Chinese
2: cooking and the yeah, guys really using
1: neat. it as a weapon.
2: I like that. I mean, it was the detail, attention to detail that makes this movie so good. I mean, you know that the that same character, his wig, was like a three thousand dollar wig. Why? Yeah, and he was so excited. It was like the best. Fa- his favorite thing about the character was the fact that he had this long hair in it.
0: <laughs> Wait the the low pan. <laughs>
2: no, it, no, the, the guy oh, with the cleaver. Yeah, the, yeah it, he he's it, got like it. that wig. It took him like three hours to get that oh wig on every day in makeup, oh which God. I think is phenomenal. <laughs>
0: so funny thing you also meet lopan in that fight scene right and he does his little he's
1: waving he's waving like come closer
0: (laughs) (laughs) like so creepy old man lopan i think
1: it's the yeah yeah, i think it's the red line that they draw underneath that makes it look like his eyes are red yeah yeah i think the makeup is really clever with with him with that
0: right so it's funny you mentioned that so john carpenter who obviously has vast experience with props and special effects right. especially in the early days of all this stuff being possible so when lopan shoots all that light out of his eyes and his mouth they had to in order to do that back then they had to make a prosthetic head of the actor right make it look like the character and then they put this insanely bright light bulb in there to get sort of the effect of light shooting out which is obviously like enhanced in post production but you you still need like the head with light coming out to even You know, it's the 80s, like special effects are just happening. Anyways, the article said that I read that they had to shoot it really fast because the the light bulb was so So bright, it would get so Ah. hot that it would start melting the prosthetic head. So they had to like turn it on, take a shot of it, and like turn it off, basically. Um, I kind of stumbled upon that because I was looking up, there's all these weird little monsters towards the last half of the movie. Which
1: I forgot about it, though. Yeah,
0: like I always forget the, just, There's like this little wolf, like wolf thing, and there's like this uh, the sewer monster, and then there's this little
1: the, yeah, the floating spider. flesh ball. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs>
0: it's just so <laughs> random. But obviously, John Carpenter has like you know he's
1: the thing. Yeah. yeah, he
0: has this 80s horror background, and he he has these little he has these creatures in his movies. It's just especially towards the later half of the movie, it becomes. You know, first it's like this buddy movie that is like also a little bit of an action movie. And then it becomes, it goes into like this sci-fi territory with like this little touch of horror with these monsters. Like it's starting to like melt all these hmm. genres together. But I don't know. I thought those monsters were so random.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the other thing is that sewer monster when they're, they, they're trying to escape the building, right? They're in the sewer. And that... You know what I'm talking about? It looks no like spider. that ang- looks like that anglerfish. Yeah. That, that monster comes out of the sewer and like snags that one guy. It was this insane production of this giant heavy monster that had to be on basically metal rails like a train in order to move this thing. And it was this huge endeavor to build this, but it's in the movie for yeah. mi- like blink and you miss it. <laughs> And the reason that the reason that happened is because I guess it turned out to be such a pain in the ass to operate this thing that they just it just didn't look good on camera. It looked really clumsy, so they just have this quick shot of it like jumping out of the hole. But it's just funny to me. Like you put in all these hours and money to make these props that you end up not really using because it doesn't look good. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> it's random. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm not the only one, right? No, These I monsters agree. are random. That's
1: probably why oh, I forgot yeah. about them too.
0: Especially that little floating flesh head. I'm like, what?
1: Well, that is at least that? has a narrative purpose because little planet,
2: like sees. I
0: know it has a it has a purpose, but what is it? Where does it come from?
2: <laughs> it's part <laughs> of the Chinese world, like underworld. Is it? <laughs> it's part sewers. of the magic <laughs> and sewers that come underneath the city. <laughs>
1: oh god!
0: It also gives the movie a bit of a charm, but it's so. Yeah. Unbelievably random.
1: Yeah. I love 80s airport security pre 9 11, where you can just
0: Amazing. pick
1: people up Amazing. as at the, the gate with your nunchucks and your knives <laughs> and your uh, firearms <laughs> and just let you in there. <laughs> yeah, there was no security
0: back then. It was a joke.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: You could, like, go right up to where they come yeah, out of the plane yeah, yeah. and, like, yeah, pick people that. up. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, When they go to the brothel, they pull up in this giant pink, I think it's a Coupe de Ville or something, mm-hmm. Cadillac. Where does that car come from?
2: There's a scene right before that where they're in the, that car because it's the reporters, the the white reporters. It's the
0: reporter's car. Yeah, it's her, <laughs> it's 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 her car, It's a ridiculous I think. car.
2: <laughs> Can that
1: even go over the hills in San Francisco? Would you get stuck <laughs> at the top? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's uh, like a
0: random little set piece I this love like it this like struggling reporter has this giant catalog
2: <laughs> I it's, think it's very it's a fitting catalog. though for her character
1: because she comes so... out of nowhere I know like she just uh, the other girl just leaves the car and is like wait I know that car and then she gets <laughs> in there and it's just like this random friend who's now part of the movie and then also she's obviously not a journalist in any way because when she's in the cell writing it's mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a novel style writing like I've been trapped in here <laughs> for it's not like a she does
2: opinion pieces
1: yeah so <laughs> not sports pieces She should be a novelist that reporter
0: is she, that's the most random character to me that I feel like you almost don't need
2: no I
1: I need her you need no, I want her she's her. necessary really? I want okay her.
2: <laughs> she's she's ridiculous and adds like a comic like another comedy aspect to the movie yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, there's so much comedy in this movie like when Well, I
2: mean she's like the, the the successful one out of the group supposedly because she's like, you know, a reporter I guess, yeah. and they make again a white reporter. She's like, she's real, like ridiculous. She's like the real reporter. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it's it's <laughs> it's basically them making fun of white people again, which I think is phenomenal.
0: <laughs> there's so much physical comedy in this movie, movie oh, which yeah, I just yeah. love. Again in the brothel, there's so many favorite parts I have about the brothel. For example, the main pimp lady that goes in the back to check on the, the girl matron? with green eyes yeah. pimp, lady? Yeah. pimp lady i'm gonna call it <laughs> pimp lady she goes through this secret door to get to the oh, woman in green yeah. eyes. yet the secret door is obviously it's not like in the wall it's like little set back from the wall it's a door in the it's wall it's not secret at all and then also when the three storms come to get the woman with green eyes all this lightning strikes the building, and one of it strikes the pimp lady, and she goes like flying. Oh my god, it's me up. But it's also like this weird justice. She's obviously not
2: a good person.
0: I, that's kind of the vibe you get. Yeah. I mean, she obviously has like this girl tied up in the bag.
2: She works. She's at a brothel, running this brothel. And she like she's not a good person. Got and then them.
0: this lightning strikes her, and she just goes like flying through the building. <laughs>
1: yeah because fantastic like, this is like one moment thing but kurt russell doesn't he ask the prostitute about all the, all the girls that disappear yeah yeah, yeah. And she doesn't she can't answer it obviously yeah really.
2: well because She's they're very all very they're, they're all been kidnapped and right. put into this situation so,
1: i actually have some cool facts about this and this also relates to the tour bus scene because the main magician is the tour bus driver right egg oh
0: he's a magician though it's not magic is
1: it? He's a sorcerer. He's yeah, a. Yeah, he's
0: a sorcerer. Yeah. He's a what? Okay. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, the quote I have when he has all the white people in the tour bus, he goes, for the gold rush fever, these Chinese people were leaving their wives and children. And he kind of gives them like the PC version of that history. Yeah. Uh, and this is also related to the brothel. So gold rush starts in 1848. And then in 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act is passed. Uh, this is the first law that targeted specific ethnic groups for immigration. This meant that people could no longer come to the U.S. if they were Chinese. And then also you had, mis- what is that word that I'm trying to say, Miscegenation laws, where you where Mm. people of different uh, ethnicities can have sex with each other Mm -hmm. okay yeah and if you compare something like chinese immigration to jewish immigration when you're fleeing persecution from centuries you know of people being garbage in europe you're going to take the whole family so that's why jewish people have are able to build these big communities because they're bringing everyone whereas in china only men came over to work and then would send the money back to the families. And also the culture is different because women have to stay with their in-laws and their children. They wouldn't necessarily go with their husbands. So now you have this law where you can, you know, the wives can't even come over anymore. And also Chinese workers barely support themselves. They can't support a family because they're like basically slave labor, building railroads Mm -hmm. and being in mines. And that's where you get a ratio of 20 men to one woman for the chinese population and that's also why so many um chinese women had to work as prostitutes or brothels because they were the only people available to have sex with these men and those who had kids would also sell them to brothels because they literally couldn't afford to keep daughters around and then also the racism was so bad towards chinese people that's why you get kind of this bubble of Chinatown in San Francisco because they could only basically have an economy within their own community because nobody would talk to them. And mm-hmm. that's also why um, a lot of Chinese women weren't didn't even leave the house because A, it was really traditional and two, they would just be targeted of like racism hmm. and stuff like that. So that's the fun history of that in San Yay. Francisco. And I think it's cool that they kind of, touch, again, touch on it in the movie and explain it a little bit in the few scenes that they have.
0: So... As you mentioned this morning, Stacey, there's all these rumors The Rock is trying to remake this movie, right?
2: It's such a bad idea.
0: Just like he remade Jumanji, which worked out okay, but I don't see... I don't know.
2: It's going to make it like...
0: Picture The Rock in like Kurt Russell's role, role of like being so ridiculous. I just don't
2: know why not, we- he has no ability to make him, like he's not going to make himself look ridiculous. Like
0: Right. He always has to look really cool.
2: Yeah. He's going to do his eyebrow and that's going to be that.
0: Exactly. It's
2: really, it's just not a good role for him.
0: But yeah, no one's happy with that.
1: I just don't get why are we, re- why do we have to remake this? Because this works specifically in its time. Right. And saying political things about
2: that time, and I don't think they're doing it as a remake. I think, uh, from what I understood, they're doing it as a sequel. A sequel, oh, yeah. They're like okay. picking up where it left off,
0: right? Like Jumanji. They're,
2: All right, I can yeah. see that. So, Again.
1: but
0: the way I can see this is if you actually do put like an Asian guy in the lead, and then The Rock is the sidekick, that would work. For
2: yeah, me. Rock's not going to play a sidekick. That's I the know. whole point. That's <laughs> where know. the problem lies. I like, know. it's not going to have the same humor. I'm not happy about it.
0: Who Who could play that? Kurt Russell part today.
2: The Kurt Russell part today? Chris Pine. Oh my god, everything is Chris Pine. (laughs) But yeah, he would work. (laughs) I I will agree with you on this one. Because he, he doesn't do, have any problem making himself ridiculous. He can do like action ridiculous. and he can
0: do comedy. And
2: he, do, he, he doesn't mind making himself That Into the Woods
0: garbage movie, the only good part is, is What's when that
2: scene? Yeah. Chris
0: Pine is yeah. like dancing and singing in the water. Like, yeah. Fantastic. Go look it up. <laughs> so good.
1: <laughs> uh, the other note I had about that street fight is I love the sound effects overall, but especially in that. Because you have these old-timey gun sounds and then you have machine guns and mm-hmm. glass shattering. And it's really immersive. And you kind of don't know what's happening in that scene. But I think when the storms were coming down, because I knew nothing about this movie when I mm-hmm. first watched it, right? then you realize what kind of movie you're in. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is ridiculous. There's yeah. people floating oh, yeah. and like shooting thunder. <laughs> and like that was the point where I was like, oh, I'm in for like a wild ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got the first time ever watching it. That it was supposed to be ridiculous. I just got, oh, this is just some crazy eighties movie that didn't age well but is fantastic. Right. And then the more I watched it I'm like, oh no, like this
2: was they ridiculous. This on on purpose. Purpose. They weren't serious, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, fun little fact, you know that Kurt Russell did not know how to drive that truck before the movie, so. What? Mr. Cowboy didn't yeah, know how to drive a no truck? Idea no idea how to drive a truck.
0: I know, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> a driver's license. There's right? like
0: 18 gears <laughs> and you need a special driver's license. And he was like so scared
2: to drive it throughout the movie because he was like afraid he was going to hurt someone. And the director was just like afraid he was going to hurt the truck because the truck was really expensive.
0: Oh, I believe it, yeah.
2: <laughs> well,
1: why would you, you would need a stunt guy to drive, especially through those tiny alleys. They, he I don't- drove
2: it. He drove it. Yeah, that's he learned how. Kind of irresponsible. I'm sure. I'm sure he didn't
0: like <laughs> drift the truck when he drifts into the alley. Oh, that might have been someone I'm, else. I'm sure there's yeah. a couple scenes where you <laughs> see him driving, and he just needed to like know how to go ten miles an hour to drive the thing.
1: Yeah, and then you can also always tell the difference between when t- we're leaving actual Chinatown and it's now a set, mm-hmm. like the street fight scene that right. looks like a set. You know, right?
2: <laughs> I did. I did find that to be like some of the set design was a little weak for me.
1: Oh, at least specifically in
2: what? Well, uh, the well in the, in the, like, why well, you get it is the eighties. Yeah, but,
0: well, it's also no, not but like
2: you compare it to like a movie budget. like The Shadow and like the, the, the scene, the, like the background, you knew it was a set, but it was so beautifully done, like it worked for you. For me, there was like a couple scenes where like I could physically tell the that it was. The a... Shadow was
0: also made 10 years later, just
2: Oh, so yeah. That Good point. Good point. No, I think I know what you're saying. I'm it's... it's the, it's when they were downstairs in yeah, the, in the gold, uh, like the gold, I don't you could tell the difference between where it was a board and where it was real mm-hmm. and like it was so visible to me that I was like yeah you know there's a better way to do this
1: Also the cobwebs are so over the top yeah. and they just they <laughs> took them from a Halloween store and put them everywhere you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I love Kurt Russell's underwater acting I forget how they get underwater when they're trying to escape the building, and there's all these skeletons the, the underwater.
2: Elevator. <laughs> the elevator fills up with water. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: How? how? Never mind.
0: There's all there's <laughs> all these skeletons underwater, and it's just Kurt Russell because you, you know I I don't you can't see that far ahead of you in the water like in detail. So he gets up close to the skeletons, and he just completely freaks out and goes from one skeleton <laughs> to the next. But like I don't know, I kind of just love that because it's. <laughs> I get acting's all about subtlety, but then when you're in water, it's like you kind of have to exaggerate, right? Yeah. Like, Aah! and he's like flipping out in the water. <laughs> I don't know. I just love that. Oh, God. Because if you're like, if you're swimming in water and all of a sudden there's this dead body in front of you, you're like, you would freak out, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why the semi truck is like this American symbol. Right. It's a, it just makes, to be a symbol. It for just him. makes sense that yeah. he's driving. It's just, Because they have semi-trucks all over the world, but you think of semi-trucks, I just think of, like, the American open road. I don't know why that is, but I love... Well, it's in
1: the context of, like, these tiny alleys in Chinatown, and, like, he's the
2: brood force, and I don't know, but just...
0: I'm just saying just there's something about the semi-truck in general that just...
2: Well, it was perfectly written into the movie, because originally it was supposed to be a horse that got stolen. Right. And then they picked the most perfect, like, masculine, like...
0: Yeah, there's something about the semi-truck that just works and not in other movies too, not just in this well, movie. Well, I think
1: you don't have that kind of open road vastness. In other countries. Right. I mean, that's right. why Germany is obsessed with Westerns and cowboys right. because mm-hmm. they have lush green forests and everything's really tight. So you mm-hmm. you romanticize the opposite of that. You're just going in your truck and you're going for a long time because it's a huge country.
0: But I also love when he's, he's on the highway... Back after the airport scene, he's on the highway and he's driving the truck, and another truck overtakes him on the left, passes him and goes, and then back in his lane right in front of him, and he honks. He's like, "Come on!" It's like this whole truck driver etiquette, which I love. That like little detail—you're <laughs> not supposed to like cut off other trucks. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a very thought-out yeah. movie.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's. walks this fine line of it's ridiculous but respectable at the same time which is so hard to do yeah Yeah. because i think because it's genuine that's yeah Yeah. that's a great word you you look at other movies they're usually just ridiculous or they're serious and like this i don't know this just combines it beautifully Mm -hmm. like it doesn't need to be either or if you do it Right.
2: I feel like the uh, adaptation writer was hugely responsible for that With and his name is uh, W.D. Richter.
0: W.D. Richter.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
0: I, oh, so what else do I have on this beautiful, beautiful movie?
2: <laughs> I think the best thing that I... Is the, um, is the death scene uh, where the thunder starts to... Explode. Explode and you get that... The best facial death I've ever seen in my life and it literally looks like cabbage patch kid (laughs) yeah and i just i I don't know maybe because i grew up with cabbage patch kids seeing that scene like every time i just start cracking up because it's so ridiculous (laughs) that that's the facial expression that they use for it i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's a prosthetic head that's like latex, and you just blow it up with... Like, yeah, I don't great! Know.
2: Uh,
1: but great effects. Yeah. And, fantastic,
0: yeah. fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, rain is my favorite um, storm, and that scene he has with Wang, where they just keep
2: flying back and forth, <laughs> and in the air, they're like... <laughs> throwing swords at each other oh yeah <laughs> did i read that right where they didn't actually use because most of the time back then they used like um where they would clip you know the wires they would do yeah. the scenes with wires but yeah. in this movie they did it with what do you mean
0: back then you still use wires well, i know today. but I'm,
2: I, I'm sorry it was a main re- way they did it and then i think they used bouncy like trampolines oh which is why you get like this like more bouncy sense. instead of flying yeah which i thought because yeah, they are good. bouncing more yeah mm. it's more of like a bouncing which i thought Actually, yeah, what he's like flying or.
0: through the air sideways and it zooms in on him. He's just like throwing the knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's ridiculous. So
1: good. <laughs> I want to talk about the maitre D. I don't remember what his name is. He's the guy who's Wang's friend, who's like the ridiculous friend. And oh, he falls the, in love uh, with the reporter. Yes, 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 um, yes so he, again it's one of those things where i'm like oh the costume designer understood this movie and understood what they were doing mm-hmm. he is wearing three different patterns his suit <sighs> is plaid the tie is like a scratchy 80s oh my God, thing. I never noticed that. the shirt has stripes yeah. it's all green and purple and then later at the end he's wearing the exact same thing but in red <laughs> and like, it's just so funny because it's just this guy who thinks he's hot shit right. wearing like a vest and wearing like <laughs> But it's just so bad. (laughs) I love that. Did anyone...
0: Okay, so spoiler alert. At the end of the movie, when Jack Burton's driving his truck off, that Wolverine thing, you find out. Yeah, Bigfoot. I forgot to look it up. Was there supposed to be a sequel that never got made or something? I think there was a
2: thought of it, um, but it just didn't get made. But they did because it was such a flop. Like, I think if they'd done better in the theaters, they would have made it. But it did stem a comic book series Based on this. oh really yeah there's a huge comic book series based oh, on this after I that, buy
1: that. <laughs> they actually
2: they also made like a movie like a like a game based off this movie yes too. the game was pretty popular what yeah that game, the the game th- is actually game. yeah oh really I didn't know there's a game Yeah, there was yeah that's that's actually what started like the reboot of the the cult. Hmm. following that it got was actually from Uh, the video game hmm. the video game came out all these people saw and like what is this based off of and then went back and watched the movie and then the cult following started from there and then it inspired things like mortal Kombat and like things like that
1: really Mm -hmm. huge inspiration for mortal
2: yeah huge inspiration for mortal Kombat and all the entire series so
0: i always have a confession to make i've always wanted that tank top that Jack Burton wears. Oh,
1: it's in my saved list on Redbubble. You can buy it there. Well, my friend Johnny has it. I
0: finally went and bought it. This you morning. bought it? Yeah. What? Oh, I there want There was one. like a handmade version on Etsy <laughs> that maybe this is the only per, only thing this Etsy person does because it literally it had five stars and like six thousand reviews oh my for God, this one is shirt. The, I think it, it's up. just like one guy in Kansas like <laughs> making these shirts. <laughs>
1: Good for like, him. Getting
0: rich, <laughs> I just which just also blew my mind. Like, oh, like you just realize how much. Wow, like six thousand people have bought this stupid shirt. Like, oh,
1: it's when, like when you like ever a... see
0: that on like Etsy. <laughs>
1: Very cool. Yeah. Um. So one of the lines I did have written down is when Gracie Law has the shawl over her head and she's Gracie like, Law the old "Lady," and <laughs> she comes in and she goes, "Don't panic. It's only me." Gracie Law. Everything she says is like one hundred percent. And she's a lawyer. Gracie Law, the lawyer she's basically like Bob Loblaw Blah from the rest of development. Like, my name is Judge.
0: But I love how she's also like so is is she like trying to make it as a reporter? Or no, she is a, already a reporter? She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer.
2: Gracie Law is a lawyer and the other one is a reporter. And they've been working together to like try and... Except they're both terrible at their jobs. They're obviously
1: both not... She's not employed at a law firm or looks like she's a lawyer.
0: (laughs) Is that why she's going so hard maybe? Like she needs everyone to know who she is. Like Gracie Law...
2: Yeah, Yeah, but she's doing, like, (laughs)
1: investigative work. That's not what a lawyer (laughs) is. She's like a not
2: there. I don't feel like she was there to do investigative work. I feel like she was there based on the sex trafficking, which is why she was trying to make sure that the one girl...
1: Where's her her co-counsel? Is she doing this by herself? I don't know that part.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got one. Also love... When Jack Burton's on the phone with the insurance company. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, there's got to be a name, sweetheart. I only pay him six grand a year in premium. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't know my account number. It's in the truck.
2: It's in the glove so box of the truck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, just you know, this whole how he just delivers. like uh, Jack Burton. <laughs> oh, it's just so
2: good. Yeah. Uh, Quick side note: You know that one of the reasons that tank top has such a cult following is it actually was in one of the Quentin Tarantino movies. Wait, which one? It was. Yeah. Which one? Um,
0: My voice can go any higher. It
2: was. (laughs) How did I not know this? Um, I don't remember the name of the thing. I just read like a quick.
0: Oh, it's hanging in the background in at the restaurant in Death Proof.
2: Yes, that's it. Is it? Yeah.
0: Super random. Well, you know
2: he likes to like put in like cult things, so yeah which i thought was interesting Mm -hmm. interesting maybe
1: don't make a whole movie about it
0: (laughs) all right that's a different topic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, tabby did not like the new tarantino movie um
1: can i just say one more quote and again all the
0: the quotes you can (laughs) just get it out of your system
1: (laughs) henry swanson's my name and excitement's my (laughs) stupid
0: <laughs> it's raining cats and dogs out. there. <laughs> I
1: also love how when Lopin like introduces himself, he says, I'm David Lopan, but then Jack Burton just keeps calling him Dave, listen, Dave. Like <laughs> you're not put on this earth to get it <laughs> <laughs> you're to get it. It's so great.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: I also love, like, Lopin pointing at the security screen and then going, are these your friends? This really
2: pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> and it just wheels away. Oh, wait. What's the... the um, see where he looks at Thunder? Can you just kill this guy for me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which... So, by the way, that Lopin actor, we talked about this the other day, not on the podcast, in private. He has the most IMDb credits of any actor of all... Time, really? James James Hong. Yeah, you James don't, you don't remember me yeah. mentioning yeah. this. Yeah, yet? I remember you talking. There's about a great little later. video on YouTube about him. Um, how many credit? Hold on, he has 433 acting credits on IMDb, which is insane. But there's there was this little video they made about him. I forget on one of these YouTube channels, and he was when he first started out. There's like no roles for Chinese people, and the few that are is just the most stereotypical (laughs) shit you can think of he says he didn't mind doing those parts because first of all he just wanted to work and second of all he was like you know i'm just gonna do like the absolute best i can with this part they're giving me basically in order to you know break down those (laughs) walls like if i do the best i can with this shitty part maybe i can get like a better part (laughs) right which i don't know i that's a great way very positive way to look at that situation yeah. i guess yeah how old is he no
1: that guy's that guy's a legend
0: he was born in 1929 yeah he's and he's still around he's still crushing it
1: i want a dracula remake where he plays van helsing yeah he he's just the old professor yeah.
0: he has he has four four movies in production that he's in still. because he's, yeah. he's just just working it love it
1: <laughs> amazing
0: wait you want to see a what
1: I want to see a Dracula remake where he's Van Helsing and hmm. he's the old professor and he's like, <laughs> you know, sure. telling everyone what to do. Has there been a good Van Helsing movie? Well, the Van Helsing movie has nothing to do with Dracula and also uh, there's like a so. young guy. Is that, that's playing. the only one they
0: made, right? Right? That seems like ripe for a remake.
1: Uh, another thing I find hilarious is the complete lack of gun safety and <laughs> people pointing and gesturing guns everywhere.
0: It's the 80s, baby.
1: And... And I, again, it's, I think it's one of those things where I think it's intentional. I yeah. think it's supposed to be ridiculous. And it's I think suppo- so. like them switching out the guns, like, switching you know, out the guns? when, when the Major D has like the shotgun, but then like Jack Burton takes a machine gun from Wang. So Wang takes a shotgun from him. And oh, they, yeah. they're just like throwing guns around and it's ridiculous. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. <laughs> and then again, the last quote before the monster kind of pops out of the truck. Jack Burton says, um, "It's a dark and stormy night. Lightning's crashing, thunder's rolling, and the rain's coming down. Like when light, and those are the three storms." That oh, it does oh it in the beginning God. too. Oh, I didn't catch it in the beginning. Yeah, I only, I, I think he keeps saying the dark and that. stormy night, but like in the end, he references them again.
2: Yeah, it's definitely one of the best dialect. Yeah, dialect. Yeah, yeah that's what i meant Diana. i also
1: love how jack burton is always holding his knife in his mouth even when he really doesn't need to because <laughs> he can just put it in his pants and like the scene where he's kind of everyone's going across the bridge but he's like grappling along the side like with his hands crossing the bridge like it's oh it's just great <laughs> i also love that they have some lady fighters in that and the ladies are beating up the two guys
0: yeah here You just listen to the old Pork Chop Express here now and take his advice on a dark and stormy night Mm -hmm. when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down and shit's thick as lead. Just remember... Oh, sheets thick as lead. (laughs) Shit's thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Uh. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says... Give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. (laughs) Stupid. I love that he talks in the third person. It's the best thing. (laughs) Like, he obviously thinks so highly of himself. (laughs) Like, he's just spewing this wisdom out all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fantastic oh, man is there anything left to say about this
1: yes uh one more thing i had drew struzan drew the poster art there's a great documentary i think it's still on netflix he did all these star wars posters he did all the posters back in the day oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he hand drew them and i wish we could go back to that time because now photography has really taken over and also you need to get every actor on the poster and maybe people don't know this but there's a certain percentage that actor has to take up of the screen depending on how good their agent is Mm. and how much they're paying that's why for example Viggo Mortensen is the biggest guy on the Lord of the Rings poster even though Frodo is the main character and I think Lord of the Rings is one of those first things where you just get these cluttered posters the new um Getting the beast is another one I can think of where it's just like the the
0: Avengers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, every single character has to be on this poster, like, and it's just cluttered and a mess. And it's obviously not art anymore. It's not something that you would want to hang up in your home. Like you, I would want to hang up one of these Star Wars posters or this. And one of the only people who's fighting against that is Guillermo del Toro, most notably Mm -hmm. for his recent movie that won the Oscar. He had a pencil drawing of the lady and the fish. I think that's a really right, but that famous... wasn't even
0: the poster the studio used. Right? He just, I think he just commissioned that poster with his own money to like.
1: That was for the Fons Labyrinth, and they did. Okay. That was a to Suzanne drawing, and they did use it. He got them to use it for the soundtrack, but they refused so to strange. use it on the um on the poster. Yeah. yeah. I wish we could go back to that, because I think poster art is something that's really beautiful, and I think the only places where you can get this now is something like video games, because you're not mm, uh, obligated yeah, to... Sure. I've seen a, some really cool yeah. video game ones, because you don't have to like put all the characters on there or whatever. So. Right, yeah,
0: because they're just voice actors. So. <laughs> <It's> peasants.
2: peasants.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking else? at the poster now, it's fantastic because it also tells you about the movie, that, right?
2: Does the poster have on it the writing that they do in the the Chinese writing that they do in the first one? I mean, mm, like I don't in think the so. credit. It was like one little detail that I didn't I find that's interesting is they they had so much attention to detail throughout the entire thing and then they didn't put the pronunci- they didn't write it out correctly. It was oh, really? saying something completely else. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay.
1: That's interesting.
2: I thought you would catch because so on the poster? Because I didn't see a poster okay, yeah. that
1: had... Um,
2: um, it translates the...
1: Oh, you mean the opening credits?
2: Yeah, so it translates uh, to evil spirits make a big scene in little spiritual state. But it's not Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Oh, I thought they did that on purpose. No, uh,
2: not according to this. They, oh, just, I see. I thought it was, thought it was bad supposed to be like a... Fu- yeah. Never
1: mind. Yeah. Got it.
2: Like the
0: Big Trouble in Little China poster, you have Kurt That's Russell... not even the one that- I it's not is that the That's one? the one? That's the
1: one. And it's a there's a bigger It's like
0: you have the San Francisco bridge in the background, so you immediately know where it's taking place. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, just the poster can tell you, it can, like, tell you about a movie or it can, like, set the mood for a movie, mm-hmm. like, with the Thing poster.
2: Yeah, I just like the writing of the name. I think that that yeah. does tells you so much in itself just oh, because it's is. so colorful and, like, yeah. you know, you're all into writing, like, script, but the script is perfect because it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know. Especially with these
0: John Carpenter movies. I mean, he's got some of the greatest movie posts. Like, The Thing. I think
2: Drew Suzanne did The Yeah, thing. He, I think he did all of
0: those. He did, like, got all the it. John Carpenter movies. Where it's just you know it's all black with like the light coming out of the guys. I think John
2: Carpenter's pretty particular about like who he works with. So like like even here he meets the it's the first time he works with this main stunt level like the stunt coordinator and he ends up using him for the rest of his movies. Like he never uses anybody else. Mm -hmm. Has he done anything recently? Yeah, no, he got really mad at the the, like the the, after this movie actually the the studios he was just done. So he would do like private releases through like Fox, but he wouldn't do anything with the studios anymore
0: huh
2: he liked like to have his complete control anyways 10 out of 10
1: who's your favorite characters oh can't pick one huh?
0: <laughs> I think it just has to be Jack Burton I don't I, I <laughs> yeah. it's so cliche but he's just fantastic he's great I mean do you have a favorite quote
1: no you can't come on oh, no, there's <laughs> too many good ones <laughs> I think it's honestly when, when at the end, when Wang goes, you're not even going to, oh no, it's not Wang, it's the reporter, you're not even going to kiss her goodbye? Nah. And he just walks (laughs) away. (laughs) (laughs) Just makes me laugh.
0: When he jumps out of, again, when they're in the sewer, and he jumps out of the water and just randomly kisses uh, Gracie Law. He's like, I'm just happy to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right should we wrap it up i think so man i know how you cannot like this movie again you know find us on twitter instagram at modern life pot shoot us an email modern life at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you guys thanks for listening um don't know what we're gonna do next but it'll be something good as always and we'll see you guys soon
1: bye